Energy. Energy. We gotta come All in right, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Coming enthusiastically. Um, yeah, that's possible. Right, should we talk about Leeds? So, Leeds nil, Chelsea nil. We started with Mendy in the back, Rudiger, Christensen, Aspidquator and Chilwell. Kante, Jorginho, Pulisic, Ziyech, Mount and Havertz. Um, any thoughts on the formation? What were we playing? Four at the back in the first half. 100%. Are we all sure? I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I don't need your justification or your <laughs> your confirmation to tell me that I'm right. What did you see, Knut? I think I didn't see that much because I was, as I told you, hiking and I watched the game on my phone. That's right. You were very bright snow. Yeah. Were you in the mountains? Yeah, you you can call it that. Just just by us, not really. But you you were still committed and you still watched the game. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, so the second half I got to watch in a hammock uh, drinking beer while the others made a bonfire so that was nice amazing so you, you got out of doing work and you got to watch football yeah right. um, I made up for it though yeah I mean what can I say the thing is that like I think if the Chelsea website hadn't said that it was four at the back no one would have thought about it I don't think any everyone it did it did yes but everyone would have just presumed that Pulisic was playing on the wing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it seemed like four at the back. But Chilwell was up there as well. I mean, and Rudiger was... But Chilwell's always up there. Yeah, <laughs> but like, Rudiger was also like against the uh, the sideline as well. Like, yeah. It just, yeah, I'm, I've, I've, you know, it just, the thing is that if you, if you do a, a three at the back, at certain points, it's going to be a four at the back, depending on where the ball is. I think, like, I, I looked through our, our group chats, and I'm pretty sure I did mention that it was very fluid. Yeah. And there were moments where I definitely felt like it was, it was four. Um, but there were times where I could see how it could be interpreted as a three. Um, either way, we were dreadful. It doesn't really matter. I think there's one thing that's been made clear by this game is that we're all really awful at trying to tell what formation teams are playing. <laughs> really hard tactical geniuses yeah 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 yeah. armchair genius um yeah anyway it was a yeah a bore draw what went wrong i think Um, if we'd been slightly sharper we would have won it with uh i mean havertz had a couple of chances i you know on a better day i think he would have scored but uh he didn't I think ultimately we keep putting ourselves in poor shooting positions where they're not clear cut goal scoring positions and more half chances. Timo has a tendency to push it really far wide and then shoot it at really, really tight angle versus trying to cut in diagonally and shoot centrally. And it seems to be a problem with most of our attacking players is we're shooting from inopportune angles and these chances that should be going in aren't because of just where we're deciding to shoot from. And Leeds also had this ridiculously poor pitch, didn't they? 
I mean, oh, it was f- fucking dreadful. I was like, I mean, again, wouldn't I? yeah, Barnsley, but almost worse. You would think that a Premier League club would have the the funds to fix their pitch. I mean, yeah, I would, I would think Bielsa would also like to play on a better pitch, but I don't know. A could have been a tactic to keep the... us. Uh, could have been a tactic to keep us poor. They played for a draw or a counterattacking chance, knowing that we wanted to dictate possession and are very much a short passing team. Keep the pitch fucked. But they've had a bad pitch for ages, though. I mean, it's it's well known. I mean, they... I don't watch a lot of Leeds. <laughs> don't really bother <laughs> don't bother with that. No, I mean it's it's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, I think it's a combination of the the poor pitch and the um, the directness and the aggressiveness of Leeds. It makes it um, yeah, it made it a really difficult game to make to put our mark on. I thought. They were very, very good at nullifying Jorginho. And I think with Jorginho is obviously a very talented player and on his day is very good but and dictates our play. But he needs time and he needs space. And when he's under pressure, he sometimes makes the wrong decision. I felt like there were a lot of times he held onto the ball slightly too long and ended up, we, we lost opportunities because of that. I didn't think he had a, exceptionally poor game it just wasn't his best I, I would say that about all of our players i don't think anyone was out and out bad just we weren't good collectively it's funny I, I watched the actual highlights again just recently and it's like and it's that's not how i remember the game like you watch the highlights and you see us you know we have a couple of chances you know because we had we had seven shots we had four on target and at least two Havertz could have should have really scored you just think, but that's not how I remember watching the game. I'm just watching it and thought, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I felt exactly the same uh, from what I remember or what I saw on my from small phone. <laughs> but uh, you, you got the impression it was one of those games where the application isn't really there from the players. They weren't really that committed to... Uh, one of those games when they, when they reached the box and they seemed to be like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I don't know what to do. So uh, I think, but but I but I agree. Also, I just watched the uh, the highlights, and we had a few chances. We did. We did. Absolutely. I, I would have loved if that uh, deflected shot or clearance had gone into the uh, the goal rather than hitting the crossbar. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. That was, it was so close, wasn't it? I was like, I didn't even notice it was happening before it bounced back off the bar, and I was just like, you just think. I think at that point I was still quite confident it was going to be okay because obviously we're doing so well. Um, but it was only towards the end of the second half, uh, towards the middle of the second half, you were just thinking like, oh God, it's going to be one of those games, isn't it? Very um, much so. But um, it was weird though. I mean, Leeds were really physical, really aggressive. I mean, they've just, I mean, they came out and as, they were so, so aggressive that they were literally injuring themselves, you know? Was it both? Was Bamford? It worked. Off? Yeah, Bamford went off. Um, and then they had uh, who was it? Rodrigo who got subbed on for him and then subbed out. And, was, and uh, I remember the commentators that I was watching saying that it seemed to be number twenties getting short cameo appearances because of the Hudson Odoi oh, yeah. <laughs> earlier this season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it just it seems like if teams want to play against us, that's got to be the way. Have a really physicality. 
and be and a uh, really bad pitch, yeah, and be managed by Bielsa. <laughs> um, no, it's but uh, one thing that was really nice with uh, <laughs> the game was uh, Mendy. Mendy did it that right. save that he made was outstanding. Which like, one of them? I mean, he had one where he uh, punched it, or he didn't. He nearly touched it, and he went to the crossbar. Did he touch yeah, it? That, did he not? He definitely touched it. He pushed it on. I would say just but, enough to count it as a save. But it was the one in the second half that just blew me away. Is it when he's going one direction yeah, and he just has to stretch back? Yeah, yeah, stretch back, like going the opposite direction, hand out the opposite way, and still manages to keep it out. Like I feel like as Kepa has definitely improved since coming back into the team, but glass wrists, spaghetti wrists, Kepa probably would have let that in. Absolutely. I mean, it was, yeah, it's, I think the, because I can't, I'm not completely convinced that he actually touched the, uh, the one that hit the bar. Uh, Come the, on, mate. The other one, the other one, I mean, where he was going the one way and came out the other way and his, and his wrist was like a rock. I mean, it just like, it, smacked against it and it was just like you just i mean that's reactions and hard wrists yeah. uh, it was yeah brilliant uh, he he was the one highlight i would say that we had um he in a team of averageness that day he was the bright spot i mean yeah it was it was bizarre i mean it was it just didn't feel there was any urgency there towards like the, the end i mean you like we was nil nil the whole game and you just think like like towards the, the the last 10 minutes you're just wondering like well keep going i mean you can you can still score and win the game it still counts you've been you've had a shit game but you can still win it and it's like it, they, it's as if the team forgot that it was uh bizarre you think that there was maybe a, a moment within the team where they remembered some of the the more negative results previous in the season where they were more concerned about not conceding versus scoring that's a good point so rather than like apply yourself to the the extent you play the simple things just so you don't concede just so you don't lose absolutely i mean yeah there, there's a lot that you can we can always hypothesize as to why things went certain ways but i would definitely say that there were moments of like anxiety maybe just remembering how we played over the the christmas period the winter period where we were fucking shocking are you talking about and, lampard again unfortunately but i mean even then even pre-lampard we were always dreadful in in the winter periods we always had that january slump was it february i think maybe february it, either way we had a slump in the winter yeah, yeah. i think that's a really good point um because I mean, what, whatever happened on in the formation on the pitch, I mean, God knows, but it, we, whatever the changes were made, we definitely didn't seem more sure defensively because of it. No, definitely. It was just, I think, I think after certain things don't go your way, you start to have those doubts. And based on previous form in the season, you do everything that you can to maybe not make a mistake rather than take a chance hmm. and a because rapid, maybe yeah i mean i i mean you you know what happens when you make that errant pass and they end up scoring because of something you do so instead of making that riskier pass that we would love to see they 
turn back and play the safer ball. And it's just at a, at a point you, they, in my opinion, they would probably have started to wonder, are we going to concede and fuck up? And the narrative will change as to what's going on with how we're doing. I mean, these boys obviously have been going through hell after Lampard got sacked. Werner himself has commented, maybe if I had scored more goals, he wouldn't have been sacked. Like there's a, there's a very much a self-awareness within the team that they were not good enough. Absolutely. And maybe it was just that fear to not make another mistake and have the headline be whoever ca- like causes leads to score and Tuchel's first loss. I think definitely, uh, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if some kind of muscle memory comes around from, uh, yeah, the life-changingly poor games we had <laughs> under, yeah, yeah. towards the end of Lampard's reign. Um, how do we think uh, Chilwell did again on the, uh, well, in theory, in his best position, I guess, if he, if he was playing there. I mean, God knows. In the back four. <laughs> so I, I remember thinking Chilwell was very, very average. Not as bad as some people on Twitter were saying he was, but not great. Not as good as I've seen him. But oddly enough, he was one of our highest performing players on like who scored. And I, I remember thinking, like, that, that seems strange that he was that high, highly rated based on that performance. Well, there's the stat test and there's the eye test, I guess you can call it. Mm. And uh, I, <laughs> not really having seen the game, uh, I guess I <laughs> didn't really notice him in, in any way, like, poorly or for the good. I don't know. Mm. I mean... Yeah, it's it was, yeah, it was a strange performance. Um, just, I mean, I mean, I've got no urgency, uh, turgid, you know, slow, written a thousand times on my notes. I mean, that, I mean, that kind of sums it up in a weird way. Um, yeah, I think the only person I thought was actually really trying to take responsibility was was Rudiger. I mean, actually showing any sort of passion. I mean, he came, he took a, a wild shot, which I thought, you know, he he does that. Sort of he does that a lot. Mm. Which is great, by all means. Someone has to fucking shoot. I, I always love that personality trait of him. I mean, he's, he looks like a very big five-year-old, you know, swinging his uh, head around. But I mean, <clears throat> I would have to ask you, Keenan, you, you weren't very big on Rudiger. What's your, what's your thoughts on him now? You know what? He is qu- quietly changing my opinion of him. However... I remember specifically that he's done this before and then f- his performances fell off a fucking cliff and I went back to immediately hating him. And so... <laughs> like, hating him? Hating him. I, I, I hated the whole hashtag hustle bullshit. <laughs> like, just get on with it. You know what? Like, fuck off with your hustling nonsense. Just play. But... At the end of the day, right now, he is in a very good run of form and arguably one of our most important players. And so at the moment, I don't have a bad thing to say about him. The question is, is can he keep it up? There's obviously rumors that he's not willing to sign a contract extension until after the Euros, which is fair enough. I mean, he wants guarantees as to playing time. He wants to know what his future holds. I mean, we are still linked with a defender in the summer 
what does that mean for Rudiger? And there is also a part of me that thinks that he was considering going to Tottenham. So that always leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. He did. He did talk about who his link was, no, wasn't it? He yeah, he was thinking uh, of going to uh, PSG and uh, PSG and Tottenham. But he, he didn't say Mourinho, Tottenham. He right. said, he said Mourinho. Mourinho. Yeah. So just sort of uh, skate over the fact that that's Tottenham, isn't it? I mean, yes. I mean, but we, we, we weren't playing him. I mean, he wasn't popular. Um, and you know what? But that, that's fair enough. He's come back into the team and been absolutely professional and backed up his selection, which is fair enough. Mm. And I, I mean, even in his defense, he did say at a point he went and talked. I, like, I read the interview that he gave about his future with considering a move to PSG and to Spurs. And he said, I spoke to the Lampard who was, or spoke to the manager who was Lampard at the time. And like ended up getting like slowly getting back into the team, and he doesn't have a bad thing to say about lamps. So you know what? Like at the moment, performance is clearly he's playing on merit, and I think that's what I like to see. Mm. I didn't like to see Zuma getting dropped, but Zuma's performance last game was fantastic. So maybe it's good to have that competition. Maybe it does elevate Zuma to like to play better so he can dislodge somebody like Rudiger or Silva or Christensen players who are currently ahead of him in the pecking order. But ultimately Rudiger has been sure footed. He just still does some things I don't like, but he's always going to do that. I mean, there was one thing like I thought like as the game wasn't moving anywhere, I actually have uh, Kevin Friend being Kevin Friend written down. Um, yeah, he was also amazing. Um, where was where was Giroud? Why why was this not a good game for Giroud to come in? No, no? I don't think it was. Okay, I think since he's finally been reintroduced to the team, Havertz needs all the minutes he can get. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he play together uh, with Havertz? Ah. Uh... I feel like they're too similar. They're both very technical target men type players. Have great hair. Big, have great hair. The amount of people who ask me for the uh, Havertz haircut here in Brighton, I won't get tired of that. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I feel like they're too similar. They like to occupy the same space, especially when Havertz is expected to play a little bit more central. I think they'd get in each other's way. I just don't get it. I mean, I just think like, I mean, here you are, 80th minute, 75 minute, 75th minute, and you've got, and like, we just can't put two fucking passes together. I mean, we were, we'll talk about it later, but the ability to, to remove any possibility from a chance is unique at the moment to us. But you just think like someone who's going to pull something out of the bag, and that's what Giroud does a lot. You know, wouldn't he be useful? I mean, why not? But we weren't really crossing it all that much that game, were we? But you can play off him, though. It's not just the... sure, but you can play off Havertz the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and didn't, did we? Um, but no, no I just thought, I just thought we, weren't, we weren't playing. We weren't playing a system that required a target man, especially against Leeds. Mm. No. Um... The, it seems it seems like whatever formation we were playing, we were still playing those three fluid players at the fr- at the top of the formation, which uh, which has worked better generally. Uh, and is Giroud the most fluid? Not so much. 
He wasn't that uh, great advert back in the day for the uh, the rainbow laces, where he's like, I can't tell that I'm beautiful and sprays himself with <laughs> cologne. Classic. It's a fact. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk, want to add about the uh, the Leeds game? I mean, from I thought we've done well to talk quite decently for about a quite a shit game. No, I'm I'm pretty happy with that summary. Absolutely. Average at best. Right. Cool. Um, moving on to Atletico. <laughs> Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea two, Atletico nil, uh, three nil on aggregate. Uh, Chelsea started with Mendy at the back with a back three. We can presume hundred percent this time. Centerquater, Zuma, and Rudiger, and then James, Kante, Kovacic, and Alonso across the middle with uh, a, a lovely, fluid, sexy front three of Werner, Zayek, and Havertz. This went well, didn't it? Very well. But I think we you should know, talk I, about pre-game with you being afraid of Zuma in the middle. <laughs> terrified. Absolutely fucking terrified. I mean, because remember there was that tweet I sent to you guys of some weirdo saying that um, that uh, Keppel was going to play. And thankfully that didn't happen, but, but he didn't predict uh, Zuma, that uh, Christensen wouldn't play. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that uh, yeah. I think Thomas Tuchel is quite uh, quite the manager. He's pretty good. <laughs> because <laughs> we have all these things that we used to fear, right? With the um, Kovacic-Jorginho uh, midfield, terrible. We're going to get overrun. Christensen at the back, horrible. We can't do it. You know, all these things. And it seems he makes everything work. Well, it's the power of three at the back, isn't it? And obviously, <laughs> the strange thing about, you know, People super scared that Christensen isn't playing with when you go a few weeks back and people were super scared that he was going to play. It's very fun. Mm, and, I mean, and also it, yeah. the same thing about Zuma actually when he played. It's true. We literally, I mean, it's 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 lovely to see all these players just get thrown in and given them the the benefit of the doubt and they're proving him him right. But it's it's so much down because, to the formation though. I think the thing I was most curious about, most I wasn't sure about, was the attack, the three at the front. And uh, <laughs> I think quite early on, we wrote in our group chat, I wrote, you know, it doesn't seem like Havertz, CH, and Werner can have a good touch in the same attack. <laughs> and then obviously they scored with all of them involved. Um, and obviously, when CH scored, he again a little confidence and he started playing a lot better and much better because he was in my opinion quite poor up until that point yeah and it has I mean, been let's just touch he was on that. dreadful against Leeds yeah yeah I mean let's just touch on that first goal I mean it, it's it was so poetic to have all of the 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 the, the three you know guys who have been struggling and the new signings to combine in that way to create that goal it was it was lovely, really nice. I mean, and the ball that comes, I mean, the cross from Werner is beautiful. I mean, just that he has to play it behind the defender. Actually, place it between his feet. Yeah, almost, yeah. And he's like, and it's just, and it just if it if it touches that, the whole move is fucked. But he manages to do that and he kind of bends it around the defense. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. Because I find it a bit bit entertaining with the commentators also. Uh, uh, What's the word? Raging, raving poetically? What's the, what's the expression? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah whatever um, yeah that <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 it almost touches the defender when uh, yeah. when across he almost it. fucked it up and and the finish <laughs> and the finish from CH it's not good at all it was oh. <laughs> if you're kind you'll say that he tried to put it through the goalkeeper's legs but he wasn't doing that you know no 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 but yeah. the thing is i think actually the it's later on in the game ch has this um it seems like his start is on fire and he actually he like chips the ball past the defender trying to take the ball from him mm. and he shoots it in behind for Werner to run at and and it, and it does like you said uh, chris he uh, it pulls out really wide, and yes, the shortest. Uh, I don't know. He, he really has to hit it to score, but he almost does, you know. And Oblak mm. is really, you know, stretching, reaching yeah. out for. No, if it wasn't against was the best shot. goalkeeper in the world, it probably would have been a goal. Because yeah, exactly, and I think that's. He didn't, a he didn't play attack. like the best goalkeeper in the world, did he? <laughs> Not on that one. Wasn't exactly bad though, was he? I don't know. I just, I just don't think. I mean, out of the two games we played against him, I mean, I just don't think he was that great. I mean, well, on that last one on Werner, which I mentioned, he's really good. That is yes, a, um, right. an amazing save. But I think he could have done better with, uh, absolutely could have done better with the Werner, with uh, Zayek shots. I mean, sure. But even then, it was still like no defender in sight, clear shot on goal. And. Mm. He still got a touch on it. Yeah. Why are we? Why am I defending Jan Oblak? He doesn't play for us. Great finish. <laughs> Good shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a. Uh, it was brilliant. I mean, it was funny. Like you talked about the touch and the bit where Zayek uh, took the ball past and played the ball to um, to Werner. That was so funny because it was like it was so ob clear. It was, a, it was like a, a symbolic moment for everything that's wrong with our front players at the moment where he didn't have a moment to think. He did just naturally put the ball past him and then played the ball because he didn't, didn't really need, yeah, didn't have the time for it. And he just did this fantastic yeah. stuff. But that's what I mean. Like as soon as they have to think and worry about stuff, they panic. Yeah. I mean, I think there was, like going back to the, the initial goal, there was so much that sort of went right. Like you saw that, never give up German mentality from both Werner and Havertz. Like Werner goes in to slide in to try and block a cross, gets a nick on it, mm. clears it. They clear We clear it out to Havertz who like blows by whoever he was defending him, just holds him off. No pre like no chance in hell that he's going to beat Havertz to that ball. Havertz then dinks it over. Werner is on his bike and then does everything right and slides that ball in and Ziek on a plate still somehow almost misses, but doesn't. And we get that one nil, one nil goal. But I like seeing that work rate from those front three as well. Just putting in that effort to make sure that they were first of the ball, which sometimes we don't do. I see, I notice a lot, especially with Werner, he pulls out of a lot of challenges just because he's afraid he's going to get clattered because he's smaller and English defenders are so much bigger. But maybe, maybe something in that changed. And I don't know. I, I really, I, the Havertz bit is what set that goal apart for me. It was just, he was, it was so minuscule almost, but just the, the strength and the speed to hold off the defender and still play that lovely ball into the path of Havertz to run on, or sorry, Werner to run on to was just outstanding. I mean, it's the, yeah, I, I can't, I can't 
speak highly enough about Havertz in the in this game. I mean, it, like just the way he he just has these small touches and he's he's so composed and like comfortable on the ball. It just it looks so good when just generally when he's on the ball. Um, I just feel like we graceful. Yes, like a gazelle. Um, it's, it's a bit like you can't really tell if he's. Um, I mean, he looks quite the same if he's doing poorly or very well, because he's so unaffected by everything he does. Mm. No, he's. Um, yeah, I just think we, we generally speaking, our attack seems so much more composed with him in it. And saying that we still didn't score against Leeds, but different, you know, mitigating circumstances. I think what I really appreciate is we're finally seeing the return on investment. Like everyone sort of wrote him off of after those first few games where he's a flop. Oh, you spent 70, 80 million pounds on a 21-year-old who isn't going to cut it in the Premier League. And he's slowly, like obviously had an injury, then had COVID and slowly working his way back into the team. But I don't really want to start a game without him now. Mm. He just seems like irreplaceable in a sense. He's dynamic. He's, like I said, graceful. He, he just seems to be one of those players that has it all and makes it look effortless. And I don't think there are many players in the world who've ever really had that. Thierry Henry, Zidane. I'm not saying he's as good as them, but he reminds me of the casual way that they went about it, but still made it look so good. I saw somebody make a comparison, which I'm going to, might provoke, because he's one of the players, he said, would it be a, like a, I don't know if, it, if a guilty pleasure would be the word, but you know, somebody I really would like to have in Chelsea, but who's played for very wrong clubs, and that is Dimitar Berbatov. Mm, yeah, no, and, that's uh, true. Absolutely. He's so he's so elegant. He's so technical in a way he plays. I mean, despite playing for United, I actually always loved Tottenham. Uh, okay. I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> God, he played for every club I hate. How do I forget that? <laughs> yeah, he played for Fulham. Fulham was great though. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves Fulham. <laughs> I remember he, he, But no, I, I can see what you mean. Where he doesn't seem interested but still has these moments of magic <laughs> exactly yeah i mean he looks i mean i suppose the word is he looks casual doesn't he yeah he does i kind of like that though mm. i kind of like having a player who's so talented that it doesn't really seem like he's interested mm. and but still obviously does the job i mean it makes you seem that much better than your counterpart on the opposite team they're having to they're panting and running and he just doesn't even broken a sweat for that solitary drop that he just wipes off his eyebrow and is done for the day. How many yellows did he cause? Uh, <laughs> two, three? Uh, three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, there were there were so many great performances yesterday. I mean, obviously, I think the one that we have to talk about the most though, <laughs> Hemerson, Chelsea <laughs> legend. Yes. Yep. Again, Very I mean, good. we can talk about the gold for, you know, just to do both. I mean, fuck you now. I mean, it was, it was so nice. He just came on and like, 
and you just felt like he'd been watching this team like struggle to like put a couple of passes together and just whack it into the fucking goal. And he just came on and did that. Like it was brilliant. It was. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't even that complicated a shot. He just like over there. I was honestly was so concerned with that like passage of play because up to that point, I'd watched Pulisic had given the ball away five times in what I thought were simple passes, mm-hmm. and Conte. God bless him, because he ran the entire length of the field as if it was like the first minute. Yeah. Did like just the man is not <laughs> human. But I honestly thought that Pulisic was going to pass it into our uh, Conte's path or path, and I was like, Conte's not going to score this. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, he made the right decision, got the right pass off, and Emerson smashed home with like his first touch of the game. But <laughs> oh. Let's. I think all of that goes to Conte because if Conte doesn't make that run, then Lorente doesn't know which player to pick up. Yeah, and... he, said he because he he ran towards Conte and then had to run back to get to um, Emerson. Exactly, that, that dummy run made such a <clears throat> yeah. such a difference. There is nothing Conte can't do. He is no. second striker slash defensive midfielder. Um, no, he's everything you want. He's everything and you know what? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my hands up because there were moments where I thought, you know what? Maybe maybe it is time to sell him. Said that. I was completely completely wrong. Keep him until he's 84, <laughs> and he'll still do a job. I mean, it's I think that's that's part of what's so lovely about this. Um. The, the rotation that Tuchel has brought in is just because it means that players like Kante can come into the big games and really, really be rested and prepared, but also have enough minutes in the bank to actually be, be on form. You're right. I think, I think our previous two managers definitely misused him and or used him perhaps too much, didn't manage injuries properly. I don't think he ever really had a chance to recover because he was never injured with Leicester, came to Chelsea, not injured they for didn't very play, long time. They didn't play in Europe, you know? No. Exactly. He was, he was playing half the games. And, I mean, it, eventually he's going to pick up something. He's aging. Signs will show. He's like, what, 30 now? He's 30, yeah. Yeah. And so eventually you're going to start to pick up these injuries. And, mm-hmm. I mean, because he had we, this... we always rushed him back. Absolutely. Yeah, because he had this injury. Uh, I don't know who wrote about it. it was goal or athletic, but uh, or probably common knowledge. But anyway, so he, he picked up an injury, a knee injury, four days before the Europa League final, and everybody thought he was out because he was no, he wasn't moving. <laughs> out of, I think he was carried out of uh, training field, you know. Uh, but he played the final and he ran the midfield. Masterclass, yeah. yeah, masterclass. Yeah. So, but that, that apparently had uh, that made him. He was injured for a long time after that, or had niggling injuries. I remember the year that uh, we played Atletico in the uh, whatever quarterfinals or whatever, where Diego Costa still played for them before he signed for us. And they were giving him like horse steroids in his knee to try and rehabilitate his his knee so he could play against us. Like I'm like I guarantee you we did similar similar nonsense to Conte just to rush him back to fitness. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's amazing to see players playing and you don't feel that kind of being like rided 
I mean, I guess unlike uh, maybe Asper Equator is the only one at the moment who we don't really have a natural fit for at the moment in the team. Uh, speaking yeah. about the defence, um, the, the defence as a whole, I mean, wow. I mean, I know Atletico don't, I mean, they're not the most ambitious attacking team, but they have a lot of good players. And they, and while Felix is. Rasco, Chao Felix, yeah. Luis Suarez. They ask, they should ask a lot of questions of you in theory. But you, you would think. Well, they kind of did, though, with Aspie, didn't they? <laughs> and it was so good because so, I don't know we, if you... Should we talk about that, that Aspie yeah. moment? Because in this game, it was the first time Aspie had a banner on stay on, on Stafford Bridge. Ah. You know, we just, we just you call, call you we Dave. We call him Dave, yeah. Yeah, which is funny because every Chelsea fan in the world and probably every football fan in the world knows Aspie Luqueta's name. But, uh, yeah. Uh... That was very close. It was. Was it a was it a penalty? Um, if we just yeah. So starting with you, Keenan. I mean, how many do you think? Yeah, both instances. So let's think about the Rudiger one and the Aspid Equator one. I mean, would you have Rudiger given Rudiger one? Yeah, one way he was like elbowing. Don't, I actually don't remember that. So clearly, the shoulder I don't on the, the shoulder on Suarez, which yeah. Oh yeah, no, shoulder. that's not a penalty. No, mm. that's not a penalty in any in any world. Is that a penalty? Okay, that's, uh, uh, the Aspid Equator one then. I've seen I've seen them given for less, and that's where I was concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at some of the things like Salah has gotten, where a strong breeze blows him over, and he <laughs> still gets a penalty. Like there was definite contact. His arm was around. I think the only reason that we didn't get a penalty is because Aspie played the ball and didn't grab the shirt. Mm. If Carrasco had gotten that touch and Aspie put his arm around, that's a pen. I think it's also the, the fact that it is Atletico as well and the, the referee was clearly not having any of it from them. I mean, they are a bunch of diving cunts and like he probably knew that and dismissed it right away. Mm. To yeah. his credit, he he did not think that was a penalty. But you, looking you, back, I've seen a given. What do you think? Uh, yeah, from both it, instances. Probably a pen. Uh, and, and some people were saying a red as well, but I don't know. That would be very harsh, I think. So the Aspen Equator one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the Aspen Equator yeah. one. Uh, the, uh, the Rudy one. Yeah, that is, like you say, mm. you know, like a uh, Salah. He would have gotten it. But <laughs> Salah would have gotten it, sure. But yeah. because it was Suarez, no. No. But the thing is, is like, I know you say that a red card would have been harsh, <laughs> but the rules would have said that would have been a red card. Mm. Last man back, clear goal scoring opportunity, red card. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. It's a harsh rule. And do you, think, do you think that weight, that weight on the ref, knowing that if he did that, in a round of 16, early on in the game, in theory, that was about the 30th minute. It, it did a clap bag? Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I heard somebody say that we uh, we used one of our Overbro trips, make, getting all of the fucking karma back from yeah. that uh, <laughs> Barcelona final. Overbro was definitely not bothered about that issue. No, did not give a shit. Yeah. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he gave too much of a shit. That's why he didn't give any of the penalties. Could be. 
had like six, mate. Oh, um, I can't talk about that game. I'm gonna get that. Let's, 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 let's not ruin this wonderful European evening with a one that one. Um, no, I thought, I thought, um, to be honest, I thought both of them, like both instances, like I thought could have actually been given. I mean, in what world can you give that Rudiger penalty? It was shoulder to shoulder, but it wasn't shoulder to shoulder, it was shoulder to like torso. Like, no, it was shoulder to shoulder. The wrong rest on the wrong day, you know, like it's the yeah, you have a dark, dark night, and then suddenly they're given, you know, sure, but I mean, in a like. No, it's it's never a penalty. Rudiger is stronger than Suarez. That's as simple as it is. Well, the wind is stronger than Suarez. Like it's not. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. I don't know. It's the thing. The fact of the matter, it wasn't his. His shoulder wasn't down. His elbow was out towards uh, Suarez. Gives me the feeling that it could have been given. Because- uh, from the way I saw it, I saw Rudiger hit into Suarez with his shoulder, mm. and then the momentum of his body. His arm went out to balance himself. He didn't push him with his arm. He just knocked him to the ground, and then his arm went out to steady himself. Anyway, I thought the ref was really good. <laughs> Keen, you sound like you're on uh, on trial and making exactly, a terrible, yeah. terrible lie. I, I'm gonna, there are moments where I will defend blindly. <laughs> and okay. he fell on my knife. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to the uh, Atletico game, and apart from it being? Amazing and wonderful. It was amazing uh, and wonderful, but actually, before it started, I had the feeling that this is the perfect storm. This is this is set out to be a game we should win. We won the first one away. Obviously, we're going to win. But it would have been so typical if this had been the biggest disappointment. Yeah. So, Knut, with that being said, do you think that maybe Tuchel has changed perspective as to what typical means for us? We've gone through a period of mediocre success, if you want to call it that where we expect the worst and somehow manage to nick a trophy here and there, but we still expect to drop points against clear, like things we should win. No, yeah, maybe a little bit, but still Chelsea being Chelsea, I'm still awaiting that downfall on the Tuchel, which I'm sure will come. And I wonder how we... There was a funny moment (sighs) in the beginning of the half where I was just like, the first half, I thought we watched us like literally off, occupying the ball and really trying to force ourselves onto uh, Atletico in a way that like it just doesn't feel natural to us in a weird way now I mean not for a long time I mean that we've actually gone to a big team and thought okay well we're gonna we're gonna play our game and then see we played we went toe-to-toe with a top team in Europe like they are likely going to win yeah they're they are likely going to win La Liga Mm. and we well, not, not playing we like look miles better, but they don't play like that against like everyone. I mean, they're they're smashing teams like Bilbao. Well, so, not lately. <laughs> also true. Well, yeah, I mean, their, their I form know, has just, gone up since they since they played us the first time. That is also true. I actually I was expecting far more of a competition, and their press was a lot better in moments but not organized. Like, do you guys ever look at, uh, I think it's like Chelsea Yannick or something. He always does these like analytic videos uh, where he breaks down key moments in, uh, in games, but he's a Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the disorganization of their press and how, because their press wasn't as organized as say ours, 
we were able to play around it. And I think even Simeone commented on the end was we tried to press them, but they just played out of it. And there was like moments where I think the one clip that I saw or like remember in was Koke not picking up Kovacic. And Kovacic was obviously like, he's close enough between the defenders and he was between their midfield and our defense where he was able to receive the ball, but Koke should have been in front. And so with that being said, like we were able to play around them in a way that like we haven't done in a long time against a top club. And it's like you said, Chris, is we, we played, we went toe to toe for, with a big, big team. I don't know. I don't think there's anyone in Europe besides maybe Bayern and city that I'm concerned about. We'll get to that afterwards. Um, right. Well, there is, uh, I'd say there is the reoccurring question, you know, was it us that were good or they that were bad? Well, it's always, but we've been saying that a lot lately. So I think it, we were actually pretty good. You know, how many teams is it we beat now? And it's like, Oh, they were rubbish. They can't all be bad. I mean, we can't, we can't be terrible. It was that sort of fixture list. Like Tuchel comes in, Wolves' first game, and he has what many would say would be an easy fixture list. And then there was sort of that baptism by fire where we played like United and Atletico and big teams, like good teams. And we've conceded two goals, one of them being an own goal. Yeah, hustle. So clearly he's doing something right. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, right. Let's let's talk about what do you what do you want? What team do you want to play, and what team do you think you're going to play? Starting with Keenan. I want Real Madrid. Um, I genuinely think we're going to get Real Madrid. Uh, I think it would be fun to smash the team that Hazard went to, just to show him what he's missing. Mm. and they don't seem that good i'm not that worried about them or the 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 other side of the coin i wouldn't mind playing dortmund so we can keep we can keep whispering in holland's ear to come play for us because that was what i was going to say because you you were talking about the past we need to think about the future which is uh perhaps holland so we can just show how beautiful Stamford bridge is Oh, it's lovely. It's so nice this time. Imagine of this with fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would love, um, I would love us to play Porto because you know that's just I just want to win, so that's the most important thing to me. Um, I think we're gonna get PSG. I think that. Would no, be- I don't see that this time around for some okay. weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. You have a I glass think- bowl. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm like that octopus predicting the uh, that predicting the 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 wins the winners of the World Cup. You guys remember that that weird octopus you yes, told? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm that just with draws. Okay, yeah. I see the resemblance. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I think Porto or Porto or Dortmund. I think probably the most I'm most happy with. I mean. Um, Porto, in their defense, beat out a decent Juventus side with uh, Ronaldo. You see Ronaldo jump, Jesus, yeah, or not jump? 
But didn't they change the the rule? You you mentioned Ampadu earlier on that he's not going to play this weekend, but Malang Sar. Yeah, he, should, he will play against us if we. He play will back. probably play then. Yeah, because he would be. We made made that rule change because of Courtois sometime. Does he have a Chelsea future, Sar? Well, he's been playing well for. Not for the first half of the season. No, but you know. I have no idea. I don't follow Porto. Did you even you watch like Porto? <laughs> Call yourself a football okay, fan. You so don't watch Knute, obscure um, Portuguese leagues. Knute, what do you think? What's the question now? The question was, uh, which team do you want and which one do you think? Uh, I want Dortmund because of uh, the Holland thing. That would be fun. And I think we'll beat them as well. Um, who do I think we'll get? Uh, yeah, there is the PSG thing, which is just... The UEFA draws just seem too yeah. uh, non-random. <laughs> yeah, the so, non-random yeah, PSG. draw. Yeah. Um, it would be nice for Tommy Boy to uh, beat his old side, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, or... Oh, Dortmund or PSG. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, both, yeah. Mines in the draw? I don't think they are. Um, but we... Oh, my God. Imagine if we get Bayern again. You know what? I think... I'd be okay playing Bayern. I think at the moment I'd be okay with playing anyone, but that's, you know, fool's confidence. I don't know. I'm well, not... I mean, if you're going to win this thing, you have to beat them all, don't you? Or not no, all. No, you don't actually. You but... only have to play. <laughs> <laughs> I need two more teams. Could you tell me about the concept now? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you have to beat the best to be the best. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that thing. It's like, yeah, you have to play the more. Like, you know, you don't actually have to. I love it. <laughs> the format. That's, that's, that's the, great that's the format. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it? Is well, you it, know what um, I mean. It's five more games, isn't it? Like, the plan has been to talk about have one kind of debate subject in each pod, so some kind of to talk about and try and get something that's less formulaic than just talking about the games. But so we thought we might talk about uh, Chelsea versus strikers. Talk about why we struggle with uh, seemingly good strikers. Why, why, why do they come to Chelsea and why can't they score? Why are we a black hole for strikers? Well, they come to us to win trophies and they don't score goals because they played in a very specific system where we don't play that system. You look at Torres off-the-shoulder striker, try to turn him into a target man. You could Shevchenko with Milan, just not at all, this, like even remotely the same kind of role he played for Milan. The only players who seem to... Oh, my God. Nope. The only players who seem to... <laughs> so melodramatic. <laughs> the only players who seem to thrive that are the ones who... internet just falling out. No, that was my battery saying okay. I have 10% left. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, you, Costa and Drogba, really mm-hmm. the only success stories we have? I have a list of flops and goodies. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. Yeah, okay. Um, so, the, start with the goodies, because that's shorter. I've, I've, I mean, I, have, I, I literally I che- I go- I googled Chelsea strikers, and it came up with a list. And funnily enough, it actually included Haaland, which I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the... But I didn't want to just put any old player. So it had to be players that I thought were like genuinely successes or I mean who weren't just from the youth team, if you know what I mean. 
Um, so I went with, so goodies were like Drogba, Costa, Anelka, and then I extended it to Eto and Goodjohnson, for example, as well. Um, I didn't want to yeah. go too far back because I didn't want to like, you know, just kind of focus on the uh, the Abramovich era, which makes it easier. Not because, you know, they're plastic, but they are, obviously. Um, and then flops, uh, I mentioned Kesman, Pizarro, uh, Pato, Torres, Shevchenko, Higuain, Morata, Falcao, Lukaku, and Batshuayi. Well, Lukaku is unfair, though. He got 10 games or something. Smallly deserves. Um, no. Uh, yeah, obviously Werner with a question mark, of course. Uh, yeah, but that is the, that is the thing, the thing because you're already setting him up to fail. Because well, I mean, yeah, one one thing is, uh, I think Keen mentions the the systematic thing that we we buy names, we don't buy specific players for specific roles. Uh, sure. We have been at least, uh, but also. There's no patience. Obviously, Tuchel mentioned it in a press. You know, there's no time in in the Premier League or in Chelsea to be successful. You need to be successful straight away. But still, I mean, there's so many players that uh, have been successes other places than Chelsea. I, I can't mention them now because I don't remember. But there's no patience. And I think we have to be patient, especially with players like Werner, who was... Fantastic in a Bundesliga, uh, uh, and it's a I different mean, league, yes. But I mean, obviously, I only, it has I only, to Werner, I only mentioned Werner to, uh, I mean, as he's, he, he, you can, he can great, he can go on to be a success, but you can't argue he has struggled. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously struggled, yeah. but so is half half our team this season. We've had highs and lows, um, and I mean, I don't think this is even a fair season to judge Werner on with. COVID fixtures and strange like matchups in general. Like it's the one time in the season we're coming to like Stanford bridge. Isn't that big a deal because there's no fans to boo you off the pitch. It, there's not that pressure to perform the same way if you had fans in the stadium. So next season, let's see how he does. And then we can make a slightly better analysis, but it's like Canute said, is we're buying names. We're not buying systematic players and that's why i think like if we manage to sign somebody like holland it will be he will be the kind of player that we need he's big he's strong and he likes a shit house and that's what you need as a chelsea striker <laughs> to thrive like i don't know if you guys watched the uh dortmund who was it valencia game where he uh, sevilla? sevilla sorry yeah sevilla where he got to retake his penalty and it's screamed in the face of the, the goalkeeper after that he more shit housing. And that's just what that's just it is that's what we need. Or, Which was a name he, he didn't know what it meant even. It's just it was something the goalkeeper shouted at him when he missed. Or, and that's just yeah. it, like there was a, a few weeks back where he had scored a goal and instead of celebrating the goal, he just tried to pick a fight with the defender. Great. Like great. That's what we need. We need players who don't give a shit about scoring so much and just want to like disrupt and goals will come. That's what Drogba was. Drogba wasn't a prolific goal scorer in the same way that somebody like Thierry Henry or Sergio Aguero were. No, that's Arsenal. (laughs) Yeah, Arsenal. They're not even a team, so you can't really compare compare to them. Werner Werner is, obviously, their excuses and you can talk about the excuses with most of these uh, for why things are the way they are, but like, I mean, that list that I just, like, talked about, these, these are players who are I mean, some of the best strikers in the world at their at 
different points. I mean, there is a, it is a trend, you know, it's not but just. There's, there's so many factors as to what makes a striker good or in reality, any player good, they have to play in a system that's going to like play to their strength. Mm-hmm. And if we, like I use Torres, for example, like obviously we, when we signed him, he had a consistent knee injury that detrimented his ability to perform. So we, instead of trying to adapt our team to him to get the best out of him, we tried to adapt him to get the best out of the team. And he suffered as a result. Like Torres was a, one of my all-time favorite players. I didn't care where he played. I started watching him when he was young at Atletico. And he was a pacey, off-the-shoulder striker. Didn't like want to hold the ball up. Didn't want a lot of touches of the ball. Didn't want to drive at defenders. He wanted two touches and scored a goal. And then with at Chelsea, we were he was now expected to do so much more, hold up the play, interlink like in with the midfielders and the other players around him. And just it wasn't his skill set. And don't, don't get me wrong, out of all of the flop strikers we've had, I would say he's probably the most successful flop, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Do you know how long his uh, YouTube video is of all his uh, goals for Chelsea? I think it's about 28 minutes. Obviously, it's how you edit it and everything, but <laughs> he scored quite a few, actually. He wasn't that bad. He was, and he wasn't that bad. It just, he wasn't who he was at Liverpool. And like you know what? 12 games for a first and something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I look back at Torres' time with Chelsea with nothing but fondness. I mean, that goal where he gave Gary Neville an orgasm. Against Barcelona, like I mean, we'll always live well. Yeah, I think Torres is definitely. I mean, whether he's a flop or not is definitely controversial, and I don't think he's a flop really. But he is universally. He definitely did less than what was expected when he came to Chelsea. And I will grant that. I think we expected him to displace an aging Drogba, and he didn't do that. Nobody displaces Drogba. Um, Even ancient Drogba coming back doesn't displace Drogba. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I get I get teary eyed just thinking about him. Um, it's uh, the thing is that, but the, as a whole, we I mean I'm trying to get to the bottom of is like, what is it about us as a club that means these strikers are struggling? I think Canute hit the nail on the head. It's we sign names, not players suited for our football. Mm. And are we, are we unique? I think, I think also it's it's a very challenging position. I mean, obviously, if you're playing for Chelsea. There was made out this uh, image of Chelsea being very defensive and playing counter football back in the day. But the thing is, even in Mourinho years, uh, early Mourinho years, uh, we were dominating games. And as a player, you got zero to no room to play in. So uh, I, I guess I've called it the curse of Didier Drogba because he kind of created this uh, striker role where you, you can have any weaknesses. You could look, look look like you have weaknesses when you fell on the floor shithousing, you know, and give away free kicks or, or creating free kicks, but really he didn't have any. He was uh, physically brilliant, technically brilliant, surpassing anyone, really. And anyone who came after him, they, you know, it didn't seem like Chelsea were able to play in different ways. And I mean, it's, it's what we've been on to. We haven't been signing players that suit us. And I, I think that sort of goes in just with like a lot of our recruitment in general is we've never been able to fully replace 
some of these legends that we have with players who are going to be legends in themselves. We never replaced Drogba with an out-and-out striker. Maybe Diego Costa, but he had his own issues with managers, with off-the-field antics, whatever. Yeah. And, like, we never replaced John Terry. We never replaced Frank Lampard. It's just... (laughs) But But that sort of says it all, though, is can you replace Drogba? No. So do we adapt the team to be the sum of all the parts, or do we try and go marquee, which is, I feel like, what we've done? We try to sign these marquee players for big money, and they have a tendency to flop. Morata being the one who sticks out of my head the most, he was supposed to be amazing. And it was the first 10 games. And then what happened? Whiny, more than amazing. Well, he didn't have uh, Drogba's mentality, you know. <laughs> I mentioned Drogba's physique. Any, and any I mentality was I mean, the mentality was above everything. <laughs> yeah. And but, I, I don't know. I feel like, ultimately, at the end of the day, we we have signed players based on profile rather than performance. Well, you know, remember when we signed uh, Chris Sutton, 10 million? I was really excited to see him play because I, it was a big name. It was one of the first times when I was a kid, you know, we're signing a big name. <laughs> because he'd been doing it for Blackburn or whatever. And then he's yeah, played sure, 29 yeah. games and scored two goals. Uh, a few years later, we, we just added 20 million, Shevchenko, 30 million, and it was about the same, 29 games and two goals, three goals. Yeah. He <laughs> was not another, the player we, we thought. And then he had really. another 20 million and by Taurus. <laughs> and I don't know, it was maybe I mean, not as bad as four goals. I am, I'm, but then I'm we very... add 20 million and we buy Murata for 70 million. We have these things. I don't, is it going to be Holland for 110? Is that the... Uh, I'm very happy to see you guys walk into my uh, Drogba-shaped hole, which I was very happy with. I mean, I think one thing that I'd add is that like, you can't talk about strikers during the Abramovich era and not talk about the impression that Drogba has made. I mean, Drogba was such a massive profile for us that we can't... So massive that we can't actually find anyone else to play as a striker because of the attributes he had. That Diego that Costa. Have, well, this is what I mean. Like he was probably the most similar, but we're actually talking about like all these strikers we bring in. There are a lot of a lot of them that are like off the shoulder strikers, as you were talking about, Keenan. But Drogba had this combination of like strength and power, and the way that we play played was very much down to the way he was as a striker. Absolutely, we. I feel like our team suited him, and he suited our team. In if that makes any sense, I mean. He just he brought such a different element to any striker of his era. Mm. He was so much more physical and powerful, like than anyone else. I remember, what was that goal against like Tottenham, where he like knocked the ball the opposite side and just smashes it top corner. I've never seen another striker do that. The um, the Everton goal as well. The Everton goal was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was oh, such, yeah. a, such a such a goal. You know, it was just like it was. It's about power in the receiving the ball and power in the finish. And it was just, yeah. And there's that one, was it against Barcelona, where he walks it into the goal, basically? It's just like, yeah. I mean, and his Champions League goal when he hit his headers is just. Mm. I mean, he he was was power, but still had that technical ability. And I don't think 
like you said, Diego Costa was probably the closest we've come, mm. but it's still, he had, so, he had other issues that didn't make him thrive the same way that whether it be a managerial issue or whether it be a personal issue, he just never seemed to I'd say the last Costa replaced Drogba in personality where he, where he couldn't compensate in strength. He compensated with personality. I mean, he was, he was, he was there and you couldn't miss him in the game basically. No. And so, I think I'm, I'm really hopeful that we sign Holland just for that same sort of thing is he has personality. He is going to shithouse you a game. Mm. <clears throat> but but uh, it's actually, you know, Drogba is for me is like the, the number one lone striker. But we actually played together with one who was uh, not too bad, Nicholas Anelka. He's, on, he's that's, on my that's goodies one. list. Yes, yeah, because he had I, 19 goals one season when he played together with Drogba. Fantastic, yeah. Didn't Anelka win the Golden Boot one year for us? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think this... I think the time with Anelka and Drogba <laughs> is Anelka always had an ego, played at top clubs, played at Juventus, played uh, Real Madrid, Liverpool, played at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, it was bad periods. Big club. Bad <laughs> periods as well. But he, he ended up like putting his ego aside and being a bigger part of the picture. I think that's why he thrived so well with that trio of Maluda, Drogba and Anelka is like they just they as a whole were deadly. 103 goals that season. Yeah, that was Madness. a very strange, uh, strange forward line. Mm. We were we were smashing teams seven nil, six nil, eight nil. Like <laughs> it was a joke. I think what we're getting to is that the the answer to why Chelsea struggle with strikers is because of Drogba. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or it comes down to a lack of flexibility within the team to adapt to a new striker. Yep. Um, yeah, or lack of uh, like a general philosophy. But you like, see it like still now. I mean, we, we can't. We just don't have it in our game to play that through ball. You know what I mean? We don't. We we're kind of having to re- relearn football. When you see Werner there, I mean, he, Werner is always fucking there. He's always on the on the last man. Like, just play the ball. Like, imagine, imagine if Werner had played like three years earlier for us with Fabregas. Mm. That'd be yeah, yeah, that'd be deadly. Yeah, or Juan Mata, or Juan um, Mata. Yeah, I mean that. But that again, that was really really funny because like you had Fabregas, but you didn't have the striker. But then you didn't, you couldn't combine that with the off the shoulder striker. We didn't have one. You had Andre Schürrle running in behind Burnley. For but the, you have yeah. C, we have Ziyech now, and it seems like they are finding. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. even then, Ziyech Ziyech needs confidence. Fabregas didn't. Fabregas played those balls because that's what Fabregas knew how to do. That's <laughs> true. Ziyech just wants to ping balls eighty yards across field and not run Watch anymore. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he walks back to goal. He's like, I've done my part. <laughs> it's um it's really funny like looking at the list i've written down here it's like there's there's so many it's such a combination of like players who just who were like past their prime or like like there's a reason like you said for all of them like there is a there's a clear indication like you just think like players who were who just didn't get enough games like for example pizarro for example who retired like, like last year or something i think <laughs> yeah that's right yeah 600 years old 
Yeah, well, close. No, he wasn't that old either. I think he was like Werder Bremen legend. He was like 43. <laughs> you know, or just genuinely too old, like Higuain. You know, like Higuain. Yeah. Falcao. Yeah. Uh, Pato. Great finishes. Pato. Pato wasn't. Uh, Pato, Pato wasn't Pato, even old. Pato did good. Pato did good. Not Pato. Pato did okay. Let's not hype up Eto the way that he did okay. But the the picture with him and uh, Hudson Adoy. I mean, oh yeah. fuck off. You know who gives a, a shit? Legend. No, Is uh, he? He scored three goals against United. He's a legend for me. <laughs> Celebrated with like an old man because of. Well, That's right. Yeah. Speaking of like strikers past their prime, have you guys seen the rumors that we're in for? Aguero? Sergio Aguero won a free about 10 years, 10 years too, too late, late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah um there was one thing though is like I was looking on the list and I'm just thinking like like Lukaku is the one on that list that you just think wow I mean there's he no is reason... the heir to Drogba's throne yeah there's no reason why he shouldn't have succeeded well there was is he was young Drogba was in his prime Lukaku wanted to play that position we said no and he decided to fuck off to Everton. There's or, one, there's one thing Mourinho you don't mention, somewhere. and that is Mourinho, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. No. Mar- if I yeah, genuinely... he had a great eye for talent, didn't he? <laughs> he t- Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> it and takes Salah. me two minutes to know if the player is good or not. What did he say? Like, yeah, that worked out well. Well done, mate. You know what? I De Bruyne wasn't the finished product we wanted. Salah wasn't the finished product we wanted. Lukaku wasn't. Mourinho has always been. He needs a finished product, even yeah. with Drogba. He signed Drogba at, what, 26? I mean, there's, yeah, I can't even. I yeah, mean... well, I'm very happy that we have a manager now who's uh, this and the last one. Who actually at, sees... at the moment, at the moment. I'm sure he'll be fired tomorrow. You know, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> let's not get attached. Heaven forbid. Um, no, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, Lukaku was clearly good. I mean, it's just, it's a shame that we didn't. He's yeah. going to be Inter's all-time highest goal scorer. Yeah. You think so? I do. Mm. He's going to be a bigger player for them than Ronaldo was. No. Sheffield United, they're rubbish. Do we all agree? Everything's should be a fine? Yeah, absolutely, fine. absolute shit. Uh, mm-hmm. First loss of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely going to lose. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, yeah, they they've sacked they've sacked their manager, um, which immediately means they'll be on the bounce because they have to prove to their new manager they're well. They, they need to again. do well. well um, they haven't yet, nothing, have they? Yeah. Um, Paul yeah. Heckingbottom. It sounds like it's a. Uh... Is it Heckingbottom? Are you sure it's not Heckingbottom? I think it's Heckingbottom. Okay. Um, yeah. According to Wikipedia. Was he? Is he the guy who's the manager of uh, Bournemouth before as well? So he got fired from Bournemouth. I have no idea. Fabulous times. Anyway, he's um, yeah. Sheffield United are complete rubbish, and um, no Ampadu. <laughs> no, we're going to play without Ampadu, so that's even worse. Hopefully, not better. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it. In theory, this should be a happy cup game for us on Sunday. Uh, you know, all, all, our, all our predictions, we've been uh, going too high because no game under Tuchel, we've been scoring more than two goals. No, we thought that would all change, didn't we, after the... Uh, and th- these bunch, this bunch, Sheffield United, will probably be very defensive. 
still. Mm. I think we'll win 3-0. Okay. So, Knut, you think we're going to win 3-0? Um, I would say we'll dictate possession. We'll have the most clear-cut chances. Glenn McGoldrick scores in the 87th minute, 1-0 Sheffield. <laughs> okay, so you think 0-1 Goldrick. Yeah. But, but that has happened before, so, you know. No extra points for McGoldrick, though. Okay. I think I get 10 if I get McGoldrick. You I mean, if you, if you manage only to predict, against Chelsea. If you predict that, you're going to get an extra point. I'm just saying it's fair enough. Yeah. Any, any, anything you want to add to your prediction, Knut, to get an extra um, point? Let's see now. It's going to be... Two Pulisic goals. Okay, two times Pulisic. All right, and uh, and uh, own goal. Tampadu runs off the bench and smashes the top <laughs> corner for us. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what I think. Um, no, I, I'm quite. I, guess, I think it's going to be a solid two nil win. And um, oh god, uh, Billy Gilmore will score. So, and we'll probably have another podcast um, after the Sheffield United game. And then just in time for the uh, international break. We're all excited about the international break, I can tell. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank you Chris. Talk to you later. <laughs>